Welcome back to Chew the Bible. It's your good friend, A.A. Ron. <clears throat> it's Saturday, 2022, 556 in the evening. Oh, man. And interesting day. I made it to the prayer meeting this morning. Oh, man, I've been so tired. I don't know if it's just being so tired or, yeah, because I went so long without, I was treating my body like a machine for a while prior to my father's passing. Or it's, I don't know if it's like depression. I don't know what it is, but uh, I was sleepy today. So I like, I went to bed around like 10 o'clock-ish, like right at 10 is when I fell asleep. And then I didn't wake up, like up, up. Like up, up, up until 7.30 in the morning. So that's over nine, about nine and a half hours. It's been a while since I slept that long. Because um, I had all these intentions. I was like, ah, oh, go do some Ubering. You know, do some driving before I go to the prayer meeting. Nope, nope. I was knocked out. And then so I went to the prayer meeting at my church. Was there at... Got there a little late, like eight fifteen, and then that's usually it was done by like nine thirty ish, ten. Ate a powder donut, talked to some people, some great people at my church. I'm so blessed to have that church. Uh it was good. It was a good prayer meeting. The prayer focus, thanks to uh, Miss Lisa, um, Mater. It was talking about, what was the focus? Oh, wisdom, 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 wisdom. It was good. She had all these scriptures about wisdom and how the Holy Spirit will give you wisdom on different situations that you encounter. Her particular situation, she works at a school and there's kids there that want to be called, don't want to use pronouns and so she's learned to uh, say biblical things to these kids without actually, you know, thumping them with the Bible, like actual Bible scriptures or like speaking to them in such a way to where it doesn't offend them, you know, where she still shows that she loves and cares for them and is considerate of their wishes, you know, where they might, you know, say she'll say like the student instead of saying she or he, you know, anyway, it was good. It was good. It was good. A lot of good things came out of it. A lot of people got prayed for. I got prayed for. I just every time I come out of there, it's like a battery. It's like going to get gas. It's better than going to get gas in your car. It's like I don't know. Yeah, recharging your battery. This is good. But anyway, when I got home, I I was tired. So I tried to fight. I was thinking about going out to the. Uh, well, I was thinking about driving. I keep thinking about driving, but something in my spirit is like, Aaron, just chill. Like, it's okay. Don't worry about money. Like, just chill. Take this time to rest. Um, don't worry about money right now. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I chilled. Um, I was thinking about going out to the house of prayer out there in Grandview. IHOP, International House of Prayer, 24-hour prayer. But I was like, do I really want to drive out there right now? wish I had somebody to actually go with, then I would have most likely, more likely would have gone. Like my buddy Gideon, I 
asked him if he wanted to go, but he wasn't. He he didn't sound like he was he was feeling that right now. Uh, not not anything against him. He just yeah. Uh, I'm not trying to like put him out there like that, but it would be nice to just have somebody go out there with me. Um, so I didn't go. I was like, you know what? We can pray anywhere. We're going to pray right here in my room. So I got on my knees and was praying for a little while. Before I knew it, I was asleep. And I was like, you know what? We just going to strip down in the pajamas and take a nap. (laughs) And I don't know how long I slept, but it was a good amount of time. It was a few hours. I was knocked out. We'll see if I'm able to fall back asleep tonight. Uh, took a long nap and um, had some really interesting dreams. They're very intense, and I can't share them on this on here because yeah, they this yeah, they were intense. Anyway, all right, we're in Song of Songs, chapter three. Song of Songs, chapter three. Um, I just been thinking as I'm reading this. I just had I'm just I don't know. I've been having these revelations just about our relationship with the Lord. And anything that I say, I always want to encourage you all to go research this stuff on your own. Talk to the Lord about it. You know, read commentaries, read scripture, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you about this stuff. This is just my personal revelations or things that I'm experiencing, and I just. I just wasn't thinking a lot about just when you're first in love, right? Think like close your eyes and think back to the first time you fell in love, whatever that was, what you thought was love, right? And you were just so attracted to that person and you just thought the world of them. They couldn't say no, no wrong. There was nothing wrong that they could do. They might have had it a little tense to their breath a little bit too, but you just overlooked that. They might have a little smell to them, but you overlook that because you just, oh yeah, there's this, their scent, their scent was so just delicious. <laughs> um, yeah, whatever perfume they had on, it just smells so good for you ladies, whatever cologne he had on. Even if you didn't have cologne on, this natural scent would just, you couldn't get enough, you, even when you weren't around, you're like, man, I want to smell that again. Like, well, I can't wait to smell her again. This everything about them was just amazing, right? And you longed for the next moment you could be in their presence. Y'all sat on the phone for hours and lost track of time. And just think about that, just that, that, that puppy love, that intense, intense, really lust and infatuation that you have for that person, right? I always talk about the first 90 days are the most dangerous time uh, because it's um, the NRE, that new relationship energy. And I've been kind of afraid of that. Like in the last couple few relationships I've been involved in, I've been trying to avoid that. And now I'm realizing that's actually very important because that NRE is what kind of like springs, is like the springboard for your relationship, you know, God willing, you live with that person and you married to that person for 40 years, 50 years, you know, however long y'all together. This like reflecting on those times is what kind of like in that first 90 days is what kind of spurs you on and kind of is the glue that holds y'all together. Right. And so I think God made it that way on purpose so that we would want to be in monogamous relationships. I mean, I'm realizing I had an epiphany. I've been avoiding that. 
But even deeper than that, what I want to say before we get into Song of Songs, chapter three, is the Lord desires that same NRE with us, that new relationship energy. Think back now. Erase that, that boy, that girl, you out of your mind. That uh, <laughs> Some of y'all probably is easy for you because, you know, you don't want to remember that first person because they might have broken your heart, right? Who was the first young lady? Anyway, we're not going to go there. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Now think about the first time you accept what is that? What is that song? Take me back. Take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first received you. Take me back. Dun, 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 dun. Take me back, dear Lord, where I first believed. So go back to that moment when excuse me, I'm all here burping. Uh, how much pole just about 30 minutes to an hour ago and it's still kind of digesting anyway uh excuse me excuse my manners but yes think back to that first time when you accepted jesus christ in your heart for me i always remember i was six years old and i was in my bedroom in sierra vista townhomes there in st louis missouri near spanish lake and uh i was on i just remember just being in my bed and I had my Mickey Mouse blanket right there on my bed. And I had my salty tapes playing in my little bunk bed, twin bunk bed. And just being there and just singing that song. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today. Come in to stay. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. I'll never forget singing that, right? And I could get, I could tear up just thinking about it, right? I'm trying, I'm holding it in. I'm not going to get my dick from meal on. I'm going to hold it back. Hold back the tears. So. I remember, I'll never forget that. And just that intimacy when you're a kid and your heart is softened. You haven't dealt with all the heartbreaks and the pain. Well, most kids Hopefully, if your childhood was a good childhood like mine was for the most part, you know, it's not tainted yet. You haven't you may have seen a few bad things. You might have seen your parents argue here and there. But like, hope God forbid you didn't do like some serious stuff. Right. All the things in life that can harden your heart. You might have seen some hypocrisy in other people, other Christians. You might have seen um, a lot of uh, you might have dealt with molestation or you might have dealt with abuse. Um from the very people that are telling you about Jesus, right? But before all that happens, right, there's this intimacy that you have with the Lord to where it's not tainted yet. It's pure. It's righteous. And um, go. I encourage y'all to go back to that moment and try to stay there. Or some of y'all might have given, given your life to the Lord when you were like 30 or something or 20. It doesn't matter the age. The main thing is it's good to stay. To what helps spur on your relationship with the Lord is remembering the good times, especially that very first time when you develop that relationship with the Lord, that new relationship energy with him. And um, some of for some of us, that may have fizzled out pretty quickly, but don't take that lightly. That's very important to remember that time when you first accepted Jesus Christ into your Lord as your Lord and Savior. Remember, he chose you before you chose him. He loved you before you loved him. And so I, I encourage you to do that, to think about that. 
and think about all the good times that the Lord has just shown you his faithfulness and his goodness and his mercy. And uh, if you can't think of any good times, then ask him to bring it to your memory, because I know there got to be at least one thing he did. Um, and at the end of the day, the Lord doesn't have to do a darn thing for you. The fact that he died on the cross, go watch the movie, The Passion. I don't know, some, for some of y'all, it might be a little too intense. I need to probably watch it uh, again. It is very intense, but the good thing about that movie is it makes you, di- it puts on film. On, I feel like that's only like a fraction of like what Jesus endured, when, you know, getting whipped, having to carry that heavy cross and then being hung on the cross and all the agony and the pain and the suffering. That's only a fraction of, of the depth of the Lord's love for us. And he doesn't have to do another darn thing for us. But just know that when he died on that cross, it was not in vain. And that is the ultimate sign of love, the most intimate thing that you can ever do. So if some if a guy tells you he loves you, ladies or fellas, if a woman tells you you love her, she loves you. Be like, would you die for me? <laughs> would you die for me like Jesus would? And um, nobody would do I, I I wouldn't I honestly wouldn't do that for my own kids. I wouldn't do that for even my future wife. Die on a cross? Nah, I couldn't. I, I'll be lying to you if I said I would, right? But I do have the opportunity to like die in my flesh, so that other people win. That's that's an example of love, like dying to myself, saying, "All right, not my will, but your will be done, Lord." What What do you want me to do in this situation so that this other person can win and um, send your your love uh, flowing through me? So anyway. That's a revelation that the Lord's been putting on my heart, just how much he desires to have that same intimacy, but even greater than you had with that first experience of love, puppy love you might have had. He wants to even have a greater level of intimacy with you to where worship is not just on Sundays where you're raising your hands and singing songs. It's a constant abiding in the Lord, knowing like he's right here with me, walking with me. He sees everything that I that I'm saying, he's seeing everything that I'm doing, and he desires to be a part of that. To just, you just sense his presence and you can't get enough of him. You just talk to the Lord, all you're praying and talking. Prayer is more than just saying a bunch of words or quoting a bunch of scriptures and trying to sound good. It's like actually talking and conversing with the Lord. Like, Lord, yeah, as I'm doing this podcast, Lord, I see you here with me. Uh, I enjoy your presence right now. I know that you're giving me the word to say, oh, Lord, I know that you are, you're with me and I'm enjoying this time, this uh, fellowship with you. So anyway, yeah, there's probably more I could say about that, but we're 15 minutes in and I've already, that's a long, I haven't even gotten into the word yet. So here we go. It's going to be one of them long ones. Well, not really. It's only 11 verses. Here we go. We're reading out of the, oh, I'm in the wrong one. <laughs> NLT. Young woman, this is the young woman talking. One night, ah, my bad. One night as I lay in bed, I yearned for my lover. I yearned for him, but he did not come. So I said to myself, I will get up and roam the city, searching in all its streets and squares. I will search for the one I love. So I searched everywhere, but did not find him. The watchmen stopped me as they made their rounds. Make sure I make it so y'all can see it on the screen. I forgot I'm recording on YouTube. 
Ah, where was I? Here we go. Here, 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 here. The Watchmen. The Watchmen. What's the part about the Watchmen? Here we go. The Watchmen stopped me as I as they made their rounds and asked, "Have you seen the one I love?" And I asked, "Have you seen the one I love?" Then scarcely, then scarcely had I left them when I found my love. I caught and held him tightly. Then I brought him to my mother's house. Mm. Into my mother's bed where I had been conceived. That's how you know. I was having a conversation with my brother. I'm trying to think of like all the women that have met my father. And there's only that I dated that met my father. And there's only two women that that happened with my ex-wife and then this young lady I was dating briefly. And this anyway, my main point is like when you really care about somebody and you're just getting serious and you like you're proud of them, proud to show them off and tell the world that I'm in love with this person. You don't mind. Yeah. Taking them. You show them all. You introduce them to your parents and introduce them to your best friends. And uh, hopefully things work out because it is kind of hard when things don't work out. And then you got to explain to all those folks and they're like. So what happened to so and so? You know, like uh, yeah, it didn't work out, and it's kind of yeah, it is a little embarrassing. So uh, I apologize to any young ladies I might have. One particular I'm thinking of, where I met her. I'll just say yeah, Steffi Curry. I met her family, and her uh, friends, and it just didn't work out. Um, uh, I mean yeah, yeah. So that is hard though. But yeah, my main point is when you're when you're so same thing with our relationship with Jesus, when you really love him and you care about him and you're not ashamed of him, you everywhere you go, you don't mind telling people about him. Like, hey, you know, have you heard about Jesus? Let me tell you about what Jesus did for me. You know, tell me about what Jesus is doing for me currently, not just what he did, what he's currently doing, what I'm expecting for him to do in my life. Um and just how he doesn't have to do another thing for me. I just know he's good no matter what. Do you know about the goodness of God and the goodness of his son, Jesus? Do you know he died for you? Like That love will spur you to say some things. And love will make you, I've heard this said before, love will make you do some crazy things. It will make you do some radical things. Um, and you look back, you're like, why did I just say that? Or why did I just do that? Why did I just take all this cash out of my wallet and give it to that person. It's like, it's the love of Jesus Christ ruling and reigning in your heart, right? Anyway, I caught him, I caught and held him tightly. Yeah, when you find somebody you love, you don't want to let them go either. You'll do everything you can to hold on to that. You'll fight to the end for that person. Then I brought him to my mother's house and to my mother's bed where I had been conceived. Promise me, O women of Jerusalem, by the gazelles and wild deer, not to awaken love until the time is right. Did we already do this? Hold on a second, y'all. Why do I have a feeling I've already recorded this one? (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Let me just look. Oh, no. Okay. 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 We're on the right one. Yeah. I feel like they use this same line, though, in Song of Songs, chapter two. Let's look. Yep. 
Do not awaken love until the time is right. In verse 7. So this must be very important that they're repeating it now in chapter 3. Once again, that's speaking to virginity, ladies and fellas. That goes for you too, fellas. Because I know we live in a world and TV and movies that almost make it seem like it's a rite of passage, you know, or something's wrong with you if you're a 40-year-old virgin or whatever and you abstain from having sex. Um, like that somehow proves that you're a man, you're, you're manhood and a lot of, you know, fraternities, you got to do these. I've heard crazy stories of things done with women to, um, yeah, prove your manhood or something like it's That doesn't make you a man by the number of women you have sex with. What makes you a man is having a relationship with Jesus Christ and knowing that he fulfills all those desires, the most intimate desires you have for sex and for love and companionship. Only Jesus, same thing for you ladies. The only thing that makes you a woman and um, what makes you a man, what makes you even a woman, yeah, is not based on what you do. Not based on all these things that the world says that define you as a woman. What makes you a woman is just like, and gives you your definition and gives you your identity. Your gender identity and your role identity is the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ abiding in you. And um, anyway, let me keep going. Jerusalem, uh, this year, by the, this year. Promise me, O women of Jerusalem, by the gazelles and wild deer, not to awaken love until the time is right. All right, now here's the young women of Jerusalem. Who is this weeping in from the wilderness like a cloud of smoke? Who is it fragrant with myrrh and frankincense and every kind of spice? Once again, y'all know how I'm always talking about how the Bible, I see what makes the Old Testament to the New Testament, especially the Old Testament, more readable and understandable and give it depth and power is that when you read it in light of knowing that it always points to Jesus Christ. Um, and right here, how ironic that it says frankincense and myrrh and every kind of spice. What spices were given to baby Jesus when he was born? Frankincense and myrrh. Coincidence? I think not. Verse seven, look, it is Solomon's carriage surrounded by 60 heroic men. Like once again, I was just to clarify what I'm saying is everything in the Old Testament always points to the New Testament and always points to Jesus Christ. And the more you there's all these treasures, treasures, hidden treasures. Some of it is right in front of our face, but some of it, if you don't read it slowly and chew on it, you'll just skip right over these things and like, oh. Jesus Christ right here. You could say Solomon, in a way, was a type of foreshadowing to Jesus Christ. So anyway, he wasn't Jesus, but he was a foreshadowing to Jesus. He points to Jesus. His life and the fact that he has so much wisdom and he was one of the greatest kings to ever live points to um, that we will one day have a king that will be even greater than Solomon, if you can imagine. A king that didn't have all the concubines and all the wives and all the imperfections that Solomon had, even with all the wisdom he had. Jesus had all the wisdom without all the imperfections. He's perfect and holy. Verse 7, look, it is Solomon's carriage surrounded by 60 heroic men, the best of Israel's soldiers. They are all skilled swordsmen. 
swordsmen, experienced warriors. Each wears a sword on his thigh, ready to defend the king against an attack in the night. I feel like there's a scripture that talks about Jesus having a sword on his thigh. Let me just look real quick. I still got the lyrics up from... Jesus sword when he come on. Let's see here. I knew there was something about his thigh. All right, a sharp sword issues from his mouth, which is interpreted in light of, let's see here, where is this? What is this from? Revelation 19, 16. Let me go back. Bible Hub. On his robe and on his thigh, he has his name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. On Jesus' thigh. Interesting. I'm just making these parallels as I'm reading. I knew there was something about Jesus' thigh. Um, that word thigh stood out to me. And it's a foreshadowing to yeah, Revelation 19.16. Jesus don't even need a sword. He just got a tattoo that says, hey, I'm king of kings and lord of lords. Hold on a second. Let me see what it says. <clears throat> on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. I wonder if, like, if this written on his thigh is actually written on his actual physical thigh. Is it like a tattoo? Because then he's like, hey, Jesus got a, had a ta- got a tattoo too. Interesting. Or is it just on his clo- clothing on his thigh? So, I don't know, it's, it's kind of a deep question to research on your own. Alright. They are all skilled swordsmen, experienced warriors. Each wears a sword on his thigh, ready to defend the king against an attack in the night. Verse 9. King Solomon's carriage is built of wood, important for Lebanon. Its posts are silver. Its canopy gold it's canopy gold. It's cushions are purple. It was decorated with love by the young women of Jerusalem. It's funny, like in our society, we all were like, we're a lot of people bougie, like in that bougie world of like that have a lot of money, whatever. There's even stores that cater to like the wealthy where it talks about imports or we talk about, yeah, this is like a big thing in our society. If you have a car that's from another country, like a BMW or a um, what is also a foreign car like a Mercedes, Ain't, like cars that are exotic and not from here or whatever. It's like a, it's like a big thing, and import or, or furniture that's from other countries. It's like a sign of royalty. Like here, they talk about wood imported from Lebanon. It's still the thing in our society. Uh, and then you get gold, purple. These are all things, signs of royalty. And if you can imagine this, is what it was like for Solomon, only imagine what it's going to be like for Jesus in heaven. And we get to experience his royalty, what is what true royalty is. Oops. 
What in the world just happened? Oops, I clicked out. Of, there we go. All right. All right, the young woman is talking again now. She's, what does she say? Come on. Bruh. I got to fix this. Let me see here. Yeah, I'm... Uh, will it still give me those same problems? There we go. Ooh. Did I fix it? No, I didn't. I thought I did. Trying to make it so where when I scroll, there we go, that'll work. All right, here we go. Young woman, come out to see King Solomon, young women of Jerusalem. He wears the crown his mother gave him on his wedding day, his most joyous day. Hmm, interesting. I think my mom, what did my mom buy me on my wedding day? I think my mom covered the flowers. That was the thing she paid for. Like all the flowers. And I think my in-laws, they paid for a honeymoon in Disney World. Interesting. I didn't get a crown, though. All right, let's read... Uh, let's read the Tony Evans notes real quick. See what he has to say. Put my gloss gaffers on for this. Man, these things still ain't clean. I forgot to clean these last night. Oh, well, we'll be all right. We can still see. No one should awaken sexual desires until until they can can be legitimately enjoyed in the marriage bed. God created sex, but he means for us to delight in it with the covenant bonds of matrimony. That's what I was talking about. Um, I've said this before, just about um, that's one of the biggest things that is holding me back from even really dating right now, as much as I would like to be in a relationship, I already know I'm a very, my love languages are physical touch and words of affirmation, physical touch more than words of affirmation. And so, yeah, I know once I get in a relationship, I'm going to want to be very physical and being physical leads to uh, relations. And uh, awakening those sexual desires, and so it's hard. Once they, I mean, once they get turned on for me, like it's hard for me to turn them off. Um, and I'll start wanting to act them out on my own, and so it's easier for me to keep them off, keeping Pandora's box closed. Like I know, once I'm ready to get married, and I find that person that I'm ready to settle down with, it's the engagement is going to probably have going to be pretty quick. Like I'm talking like in a month, a couple months, we'll see. It's not going to be. A very long engagement, I imagine. Could not to say that I can't, not to say that I can't um, have self control. I'm just saying, why would you want to put yourself through that kind of torture? Like I don't know, <laughs> like for real. Uh, why would you want to? Yeah, um, it's those emotions are very strong. Anyway, um, especially for me. So I'm just enjoying my singleness right now and as much as I can. And it's nothing but the grace of God that is keeping me and sustaining me. I've gone, what, about like, 
I stopped keeping count. But it's been probably at least two months of being masturbation free, porn, any forms of pornography free, like not listening to audio porn, not watching any kind of porn, not watching any half naked women and fantasizing about them. Now, when I'm out in public and I see women out, you know, out in the streets, I'm not even going, I can't lie. I've had times where I'm like, man, she's nice. Um, and it's, it's, it's hard sometimes not to do that double, triple, quadruple take. Um, and lately, right now, I'm kind of in a vulnerable place, kind of a, yeah, a very vulnerable space in my life because I really desire there's something about, yeah, that is what has, has always been kind of been one of my escapes since I was a kid. Sex, pornography, whenever I'm like depressed or sad or in pain, especially in pain or angry or like fearful, like you name the emotion, like sex, it was like sex and video games, entertainment was always kind of like one of my go-tos. So that's why I'm doing this podcast right now, because this is like, and doing this, reading the word, like this is my escape. It's what helps me from doing a Saturday night. There's a whole lot of things I could be doing right now. Um, but this is a healthy escape for me. Solomon's wedding processional is luxurious. Indeed it is. That's all you got to say, Tony? That's all Tony had to say. He had less to say than I did. So, Lord, thank you for this word. I thank you, Lord, that we that this Song of Songs, especially as chapter three, is a foreshadowing and points to you, Jesus. And you'll, yes, just on your robe, it says king of, on your robe and on your thigh, it says king of kings, Lord of lords. You'll be robed in splendor, even greater than Solomon. As great as Solomon was, Lord, you, Solomon doesn't even compare to your splendor and your greatness and your majesty, Lord, that is going to be seen when we stand before you and we all, when every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that you are Lord. I pray for those that are single right now who are, uh, who want to awaken those desires before the time is right. Uh, before here says the appropriate time or until the uh, pleasing time, a time that is good. I pray that they, you help them just uh, set boundaries and, um, Boundaries that honor you, Lord, and they wouldn't get involved in sexual, um, in sexual uh, practice, whatever. Yes, doing things that don't honor you, Lord, even if, yeah, even how we can make our justifications that, you know, sex over the phone and, you know, what do you call it? FaceTime, sex, all the things that people can do, Lord, and just and, and say and, and we justify in our head is okay, but it doesn't honor you. Um, I pray that they would just wait, just wait patiently and know that that honeymoon that they have is gonna be a billion times better than anything that in the waiting, the waiting, the waiting um is gonna be worth it in the end. So and if they're burning with that hot lust, just I pray that they would not worry about you know, having the big ceremonies that going to the justice of the peace isn't the worst thing. Um, but also at the same time, they don't have to rush it. There's no, yeah, just that they'll be patient, patience, patience, patience. It's a, a breath of just patience and peace, God. And it will be done in your timing and decently and, and in orderly. And 
Um, for those that have that that call in their life to be single for the rest of their life, I just pray against that spirit of just um, sadness that can come in and loneliness when they might that person may have see other friends out there getting married or having children and sometimes that spirit of um discontentment or jealousy can come in and feeling like there's something wrong with you. I just pray for those people that are dealing with that. And then lastly, people that are married, God I just pray God that uh they would go to Song of Songs, Song of Solomon as a as a word that they can read with one another and glean some things from it and just be turned on by one another and just love one another and just have a uh some like relationships where uh, they're sexual um what is the word I'm trying to say their sex life has been dull over the years which it can happen as time goes on there's like this there can be this decrease in the in the frequency and in the quality of that. I just pray there would be a rekindled flame, Lord, where it will, it will go back to where it was when we first uh, got married. And ultimately, in our relationship with you, Lord, because that matters even more than our earthly marriage marriages and dating relationships, I pray that there'd be a stoking of the fire, a rekindling of the fire in our hearts for you, Lord, um, that our relationship with you, Lord, will be fresh. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. All right, y'all. We're going to keep going. Uh, I feel like there was one thing I was going to do before I, like a little break in between here, but nah, I'll be back. Holla. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody or everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen.